0: Welcome to Horror Study Hall, the academic side of horror. I'm your host, M.A. Reynolds. It's time to get spooky. Welcome back to Horror Study Hall. Very happy to have you back. Um, this is episode seven. Never thought I'd get this far with this podcast, and I'm really excited that I'm still here plugging along and y'all are here with me on this journey. And before I get started in this episode, I would like to welcome a new team member to Horror Study Before I get started with the episode, I would like to welcome our newest team member to Horror Study Hall, Laura Kemmermer. Laura is here to help with research and writing. Um, Really excited to have her here. So thank you, Laura, for your help on this episode. Today's episode is going to be about horror noir, black representation in the horror film. Um, As we have discussed in previous episodes, horror speaks to our cultural fears. It shines a light on societal issues and experiences and at times gives underrepresented groups an outlet and a voice. So for this episode, I'd like to discuss how blacks So for this episode I would like to discuss how black people are represented in horror film. Much of the content of this episode is gathered from the outstanding book Horror Noir, Blacks in American Horror Films from the 1890s to present by Robin R. Means Coleman. If you hadn't have haven't had an ch- opportunity to read this book or watch the documentary about uh, black representation in horror that's on Shudder called Horror Noir, I highly recommend you do so after listening to this episode. Before I get into this episode too deep, I want to acknowledge that I don't know everything. I, I don't know how others feel about their representation on screen. Um, everything I'm going to talk about, I've gathered from my research by reading the Hor Noir book as well as several published articles that you'll find on our research page. Um, I just want to acknowledge that I'm doing my best to rid my vocabulary of any problematic language and if I say something that I maybe do not know is problematic, I would appreciate just a kind note to let me know so I can change how I communicate. Um, Just wanted to get that acknowledged up front before I begin. Since the beginning of film, black people were portrayed as the other. Now, typically the other is like the monster, um, a different type of class, or a different species. Um, The other is a blanket term you can use to communicate a group that is different than yourself. In in their representation as the other, they're often, of course, seen as the monster, the outsider, and less than those around them. These films showed black men as lustful fiends who would come after white women, as scoundrels, as uneducated people that needed to be controlled. On top of the inaccurate and racist racist portrayals, most films did not allow black actors in them at all instead placing a white actor in the role with blackface. So not only were these groups underrepresented and represented in an inaccurate and racist way, they weren't even allowed to portray themselves on screen. Think about how that must feel for a moment. I I couldn't even imagine what that would feel like. There were very little positive representations of black culture and black people in film. Usually when a Black culture or uh, Black individuals were on screen. They were playing the help, the voodoo priest or priestess who is trying to take over the world or enslave those around them. They were represented as the figure who is one generation away from being an animal, like an ape. There were no Black scientists, no Black cowboys, no Black heroes. They were used as a plot device to strengthen stereotypes and social inequality. You can see this in the horror of the 1930s. Films like King Kong and White Zombie leaned into stereotypes. African tribes were portrayed as uneducated, savage, and individuals that worship apes, with many hints that the tribal members are very closely related to their animal kin. Black men lust after the white women. Voodoo is a dark religion practiced by people who need white colonialism to help bring them out of their dark ways and into the light with Christianity and industrialization. According to these films, only evil men would turn to voodoo to control others and force a woman to be their wife. Films like White Zombie reinforced the idea that for that forcing Christianity, white ideals, and white values on Africans, Haitians, and other nations helped bring those peoples out of the dark and into the light. It reinforced that whiteness was good and blackness was bad. Taking a look back at these films, you can see those themes occurring over and over and over again. And some of those themes, of course, do carry on to today. Um, Voodoo has become a stereotype or a trope used in horror for evil when, in fact, voodoo is not evil. It is a good religion that many millions of people practice all over the world. Moving on until the 1940s, black representation in horror movies did not improve. Films really doubled down on the black person as a monster, with more films focusing on the voodoo zombie and the link between black people and apes. I Walked With a Zombie shows Haitians scaring the white colonizers with their voodoo rituals, drum beats, and zombification processes. One of the prominent black characters in I Walked With a Zombie has only one role in this film. It is to try to terrorize the white family and kidnap the white woman of the house. I Walked With a Zombie really doubles down on these racial stereotypes and racist undertones, focusing on the white colonial family and focusing that the natives to Haiti, the Haitians, are evil, uncivilized, and need Christianity to stop worshiping quote-unquote evil voodoo. As horror film advanced in the 1950s, it showcased our fears of science and technology and again, we find that black people were noticeably absent from film. After all, it was thought that it was impossible to have a well-educated black man as a scientist or a strong black leading lady. In this time period when blacks did appear on film, once again, they were put back as the help or some sort of comic relief on the film they were not getting the parts of the scientists of the leading lady or leading man they were not getting the parts of the savior or even police officers anything that at that time could have been like a notable role when black characters were present outside of the monster trope or the help or the side character they were not that complex they were the comic relief unintelligent buffoons on screen for the audience's enjoyment, often speaking in broken English and un- unable to accomplish the most basic of tasks. They really leaned into stereotypes and, and racism by having these characters speak in broken English, um, reinforced stereotypes about what black individuals like to eat, how they dress. When you think about movies of this time period and you think about black characters, you're probably thinking of representation along the lines of Disney's infamously banned movie Song of the South and how um, black individuals were represented in those cartoons and other forms of media from comedies to horror to even print. Another way black people were represented in the 1950s and into the 1960s was that monsters and aliens were often used as a stand-in for black culture or black people. They were allegories used to project the otherness of other classes or races of people. When black people were cast in the movies, uh, of the science era of the 50s and early 60s they were they were cast as the monster or the monster had very black characteristics or appearance if you if you go back and you watch some of these movies from that new lens you you may be able to pick out where the filmmakers were trying to link blackness into into the film in regards to the alien or the monster that needs to be defeated and What is it has been doing to culture and society at that time? We cannot talk about black representation in horror film without talking about Night of the Living Dead, which came out in 1968, I believe. This film was written, directed and produced by white filmmakers. But it also helped move the perception that black actors could not play the lead. This was one of the first films in which a black actor was playing the lead regardless of, not because of, his color. Though unintentional, the ending of Night of the Living Dead dramatically displayed what many people of color have been experiencing for years. Violence at the hands of the white community. The greeny photos during the credits were a near mirror image of the atrocities happening in the South. This film broke ground in so many ways. Never before had you seen a a black actor playing a well-educated lead. The black actor did unthinkable things at the time by taking charge of the situation. Um, He even slapped the white woman to get her under control, something that would have never happened before. He was treated as all people should be, as a person first. There was no stereotypes in regards to how he interacted with the other cast members. His language wasn't dumbed down, or he didn't talk in slang the entire movie. And the ending really hit home with all audiences, but specifically the black community. The nihilistic ending of Ben coming out of the farmhouse thinking it was over, only to be shot by the white mob really mirrored what was going on in the South at that time with lynchings and ra- racial, racial injustice and the fight for equality. Those grainy photos really stuck with most of the viewers and they stuck with me as well, even though I was not alive during that time and I did not experience any of those um, atrocities. It's, it really just shines a light on what is going on in society. Moving on into the 70s, a new wave of film became prominent in that decade. The exploitation film. Filmmakers realized that these films could be made quickly, cheaply, and were extremely profitable. The controversial themes drew audiences in. And with the success of Night of the Living Dead, filmmakers realized that there was money to be made in films that featured black actors a new subgenre was born the black exploitation film black exploitation films took classic film characters and put a spin on them for the enjoyment of black audiences dracula became blacula frankenstein became blackenstein the film the exorcist inspired the black exploitation film abby these films put forward a new set of stereotypes by showing black culture as full of sex, violence, and crime as interpreted by white filmmakers. The black exploitation film was criticized by many black leaders due to the negative stereotypes, while widely enjoyed by black audiences who enjoyed seeing themselves represented on screen. That's, that, that thought there is something that I often think about what that must be like to not see yourself represented on film and the only films that generally do represent yourself or your culture are films that are slightly problematic it's just something to think about as you um, look into the history of black representation in film and just society in general what must it be like to not be represented once again Black representation in horror dropped in the 1980s with the rise of the teen slasher movie. These movies generally had white teenagers facing some sort of slasher that was coming to hurt them for going against Christian values and ideals by doing drugs, having sex, drinking underage. More often than not, the casts were were fully white. There was not much diversity in these films. But when there were black characters on screen, they were not well-rounded characters. They only existed to save the white characters by sacrificing themselves to the monsters. It seemed that this tactic was used to show how strong a monster was, because if they could defeat the hard, tough black character, then no one was safe. Thus the trope of the black character dying first was born, and we've seen that trope played over and over and over again. We also hear it being referenced in movies as a a joke. Oh, the black guy dies first. Um, You've probably heard black characters say it in some horror movies, even through today, where there's that trope. Moving forward to the 1990s, we saw black representation increase with black stories being told by black filmmakers. There was an increase in black directors, black writers, and more representation being Being brought to the big screen. Tales from the Hood took the horror anthology format to bring attention to common issues seen in the Black community, from domestic violence, crime, and also has a really interesting story about how we acknowledge our past with slavery and the impact it has on a culture. Um, That's probably one of my favorite shorts in the film. Outside, um, and probably second to the the domestic violence one, um, it really took these real-life issues that the Black community faces and brought them forward in a way to showcase them, to draw attention to the need for either social systems to improve or just draw attention that these issues exist and should be acknowledged. We also got, in the 1990s, the Candyman film. Though this was written and directed by white filmmakers, this movie, Candyman, brought a strong horror mythos with the title character to the black community. The black community finally had their horror monster, uh, as all of the other popular horror monsters were white characters. Bloody Mary was being replaced by Candyman in in many uh, a bathroom. <laughs> I remember trying to summon Candyman myself after this movie came out. Um, nobody played Bloody Mary anymore; they played Candyman. It it also showcased the again the history of black treatment by white Americans with Candyman's backstory. He was humanized and. You were you were sympathizing for this character, even though he ended up being the bad monster that would come and and take take you away and potentially murder you. Um, Candyman is a really phenomenal film that came out of this time period. And during the nineties, it was becoming more and more common to see diverse casting in as horror films started to move away from the stereotypes that we had experienced over the last fifty years. We got more films that even came from the hip hop community. Um, Bones with Snoop Dogg in it. Um, We had Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. We were just starting to see more and more positive representation, Um, even though there were still problematic tropes being featured and and, um, language that we wouldn't use today. It was the beginning of a change in black representation in the horror film. Moving forward to today and in the 2000s, filmmakers like Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta tell black stories for black audiences without the stereotypes of past horror films. Their films prove that all audiences, no matter their background, gender, or ethnicity, enjoy black horror film. These directors make horror for the black community, but the white community also really enjoys them. They're drawing attention to social injustice and, and racism, systemic racism, that we may have thought had been a thing of the past, when it isn't. They're using an entertaining medium to give more voice to the Black community, to draw attention to issues faced by them in, in their day-to-day lives. So what do we learn from this, this history lesson in Black horror film going across the decades? The movies throughout each decade carried over society's treatment of underrepresented groups to the big screen. They didn't allow black people in film at first, just like they weren't allowing black people to do certain jobs or even eat in the same restaurants. Uh, These stereotypes and racism came forward into the films of each decade. We also see the resilience of Black filmmakers who never gave up on telling their stories and fighting for representation in film. Eventually, we did start to see Black actors in film playing Black characters. While those characters are problematic and do lean into stereotypes, those actors playing those parts fought for a seat at the table, they fought for their representation. They tried to change things. We saw more and more black writers and black directors come out and start making films to tell their own stories, to tell, tell the world what they had been experiencing in their lives. Studying black representation in horror film helps us understand the pro- progression of social ideals, cultural values, and the evolution of diversity and, and inclusion. You can see just by st- watching the films of the, each decade, how things have changed and how it was reflected in society because it is reflected in our entertainment, in our film. Film is a mirror to what is going on around us. It tells stories that we can't tell without putting an entertainment lens on it. And it brings attention to those who who deserve more attention, who, who need to tell their stories. I, for one, am really excited about these stories that they're coming out more often Um, on a personal note I'm just getting really tired of the same movies and the same entertainment over and over again and I often wonder what stories haven't been told that I've never been shown just because we've been as a society keeping underrepresented individuals down and not allowing them to tell their stories how many interesting folklore stories do I not know how many mythos would just change my life and change the way I view the world, um, and I'm I'm really excited that this is this is still changing and still moving forward, so that we can see these these movies, hear these stories, and learn from each other and have a more inclusive world. Um, I want to thank everyone for for joining us this week at Horror Study Hall to talk about the book Horror Noir by. Robin R. Means Coleman, please, please check out this book. It is phenomenal. There will be a new edition coming out soon if it's not out already um, to add more history on the black horror film. Um, Again, I want to thank Laura for helping do the research on this project. You can find Laura Kemmerer on Twitter at HP Bookcraft. And I also recommend you check out her other project at snuffoutthelight.com where you're going to read essays and reviews on horror books and other, other horror-adjacent um, topics. Um, again, follow St- Horror Study Hall on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Horror Study Hall. Don't be afraid to drop us a line at amateurhorror101 at com, And let's keep the conversation going and talk about all things spooky. Once again, I'm M.A. Reynolds, your host, and stay spooky, my friends.